Welcome to Stand Up From The Crowd, the first podcast dedicated to no BS leadership. So if you like us, tell your friends, your colleagues to go over Spotify and Apple Podcasts and to leave us a review because I do believe we deserve it, right? We do. Don't you think so? <laughs> Reputation is everything. The way people perceive you and your business is key. So if you want a better business, if you want a better career, you need to spend some time thinking about how to ensure you stand out. Trust, reputation, and integrity are, in my opinion, a key success principles, right? But I have found that they are often time overlooked. So today, our standout guest, Danelia Rocalis, is an accomplished uh, recruitment agency owner with a proven track record in the hospitality and food service industry, specializing in the luxury market. Okay, so she has been recognized as Toronto's number one recruitment agency in both 2022-2021 by top recruiters. So here I can tell you consistency is key. Right. And during our conversation, Daniela will share how she has built a reputation for excellence in her field. So please help me welcome Daniela to the show. Hello, Daniela. How are you doing? Hi, Doreen. Thank you. I'm great. Very excited for the podcast. Thank you. And I'm very excited to learn more about you and, you know, especially as a young woman leader evolving in the luxury market. The luxury market is a specific market where excellence is key. So we are going to talk about it. But before, let's discover a little bit more about you. In your few words, if I ask you who is Daniela, what would you answer? In a few words. Uh, so I think I would answer, I'm a passionate entrepreneur uh, with a very strong and curious entrepreneurial spirit. I'm also a wife. I'm a sister. I'm a daughter um, and a friend and, um, and a big hospitality enthusiast as well. Yes, we can say that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it. So when looking at your profile, I can see that you have always evolved either uh, in the hospitality and food service industry or in the recruitment field. And um, then I believe at some point in your career, you decided to mix both, right? And by creating your own agency. So can you tell us more about, you know, the thought process for coming with the idea that, okay, you know, I'm passionate about this. I'm passionate about this as well. Let's combine the two and create my own environment. Absolutely. So uh, DC Global Talent uh, was really something that happened organically. I went to school for HR and my earlier career was always in HR. And then it took a focus in recruitment. Uh, and what I loved about recruitment is it combined uh, business, which was something I've always been passionate about, but with human connection. And um, another thing that I've always been very passionate about and connecting with people. So um, when DC Global happened, I was actually living in the Cayman Islands. I fell in love with the Caribbean. I had previously traveled to resorts in Dominican, Mexico, uh, you know, similar to most people uh, in North America. And then living in an island like Cayman really made just open my eyes. And that was the first time that I was working outside of HR in a sales capacity. And I was actually um, 
a sales rep for a um, beverage distribution company selling spirits and wine to hotels and restaurants. And that's really when the idea of DC Global Talent uh, happened. Um, I was being approached by my clients and my accounts about uh, opportunities um, in their establishments when they had openings for either a pastry chef or a front of house manager or, you know, they needed a new server or bartender. And uh, it really grew uh, organically from there. And uh, it since has exposed me to many different islands and, and businesses. And, and But that was the catalyst, really. So you mentioned that you were an entrepreneur at heart. And I'm wondering, is that something that you always envisioned for yourself? You know, okay, I'm going to build a career. I'm going to gain experience. And when the time will come, I will launch my business, not knowing what the business will be about. Or entrepreneurship wasn't something that was part of the narrative growing up? To be honest, I, I didn't grow up knowing I was going to be an entrepreneur, but I was always very curious about business and how businesses operated, how they um, generated revenue, what their processes were. Um, and that was something that always intrigued me. But when I started DC Global Talent, it did feel very organic and it felt very true to who I was and my brand and loving hospitality, loving travel, um, and loving human connection. So uh, it's, I can't say that I knew this would happen, but I am very happy that it did. Would you say that it was your calling? Honestly, yes, I do think it was my calling. I have had some great work opportunities in the past. I've worked with some good leaders and some not so great leaders. But I think that all of those experiences have shaped who I am today as a leader myself um, and a business owner. And um, and yeah, I mean, well, the most rewarding part of my job is having a team. And then in addition to that and, and an extension to that, providing uh, really wonderful people with great opportunities. And, and it's very rewarding. And I do feel like that now is my calling and, and establishing more relationships with great employers and properties. Um, which turn into opportunities that we could also share with our network uh, that continues to grow daily. And it's, it's incredible. What would you say is, um, is one of the biggest insecurities that you had growing up and that you feel like becoming an entrepreneur has allowed you to overcome? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, not really knowing the direction, I, I think that, having chosen HR early on was definitely an advantage, but I was really stuck in recruitment and I was a great recruiter, but I wanted to do a lot more than that. I wanted to be involved in the account management side, the business development side. And oddly enough, I was very insecure about business development when I first started working um, as an employee. And now it's, it's where I thrive the most. And it did take you know, time and, and through trial and error. Um, but I think getting started as a business owner, one of my insecurities were, well, why would someone work with me? Like, who am I? Who's DC Global Talent? There's, you know, many established recruitment agencies out there. But um, you just persevere. And honestly, when you throw yourself into something and the vision is so vivid and clear, like I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I wanted DC Global Talent to become long before DC Global Talent was working with, you know, the hotels we work with today. The, those are brands that I dreamed of working with, but I knew that somehow I would make it happen. It didn't happen overnight. Um, 
but it definitely was, you know, every time picking up the phone or getting on a, a Zoom call or a meeting, there was definitely a sense of, um, you know, imposter syndrome. And mm -hmm. that goes away after you get some successes. You know, it speaks to the fact and to the importance of going out of your comfort zone. Uh, because oftentimes, myself and a lot of us, right, uh, not to say all of us, uh, we feel like because we have experienced something and that we felt some discomfort or we didn't like it, right, I feel like as a society, and especially the fast-paced environment we live in, people don't give enough time to trying one thing to eventually or potentially discover that this can be their strengths or their zone of genius, right? And when you share your example, I think it speaks to the fact that, okay, you did something that you really didn't like to do at the beginning. Uh, maybe, you know, you, you stick to it. And by doing, by learning and doing and, you know, learning, failing, you know, succeeding, finally, you realize that, oh, but hold on a minute, this is my strength and this is an area actually where I can excel, but because you give enough time to the fact that I'm not comfortable, but I will try anyway. Absolutely. I agree. And, you know, some people ask, well, how did we, you know, DC Global Talent become what it is today? I mean, we have a team of six full-time employees um, and we're working with some of the leading hotels of the world, but it was definitely through maybe not knowing exactly how to do it, but figuring it out as I went and keeping it always top of mind, top service um, that I'm going to provide to my clients, being honest, having integrity, and not taking on more than I couldn't handle. Mm -hmm. And that happened for a few years, actually, because it was just me for three or four years. I was the only one in the business. So I was doing not only business development, client management, but I was doing recruitment, negotiations, offers, um, you know, all of the financials as well, the invoicing. So I think that strengthened me as an entrepreneur when you are involved in every aspect where today that operation looks completely different. And I'm able to step back from the recruitment and that day to day to really be at the strategic level and excel in the business development and client relationships, um, which is really where I want to stay because that's how we build our business. And um, I'm fortunate to have a really strong team that I can pass on these roles to and, you know, who can take it to the finish line. So you're evolving in the luxury market. Um, was it an evidence for, for you, like specializing in the luxury market because the food and service industry, hospitality and food industry is, is kind of vague and, and large, right? So what attracted you to the luxury industry in particular? So I think um, the luxury market, we, when we first started, we got a really great pre-opening opportunity to work with a Forbes five-star property, which uh, till today we still work with. It's been six years later. They're still our clients. And because these type of properties look for candidates who have a similar background, who have experience providing the same level of service, I mean, if you're charging you know, over $1,000 a night, that clientele or guest expects a certain level of service. And so someone who has experience working at those type of properties will be an easy transition. And it just happened that as we were working with this property, the people applying or that we were speaking with and um, putting into consideration also came from those properties. And then it really organically happened that way. But it is a market that 
we love to be in. And that really does make us niche because uh, not only did we start primarily being Caribbean focused, we were working with very remote islands that don't necessarily have all-inclusive properties um, or any other type of property that isn't in the luxury space. And these are remote destinations like um, Grenada, Anguilla, St. Lucia, Cayman, Turks, Bahamas. They're traditionally known for having a more upscale luxury um, product and service. So uh, and I'm very happy that that's how it happened. And, and it's where we focus. Um, definitely, we, we don't do work with anything that would be less than a four star. Um, and we like to do it this way. I think there's room for other companies to come in and work with those properties. Um, but it's just not uh, our focus. Okay. So you said it like the luxury uh, market is a niche market with a high barrier to entry, right? Where excellence is the rule, especially working with four or five star um, uh, hotel. And the topic today is about, you know, how to build a, pro a, a reputation of excellence for yourself and for your business. So can you tell us a little bit more about the mental process, you know, and the execution process uh, when going about, uh, when going on and focusing in the luxury market, or not even luxury market, but focusing in the idea that you want to build a reputation of excellence for yourself and for your business. So you attract the better clients and you attract also the better candidates for your recruitment. So what's the mental process? process and the execution process about, okay, excellence is what I'm targeting. And this is what I need to maintain in order to maintain my business. Absolutely. So I think staying focused on working with these type of properties has been key. So, um, and an example is we work with Four Seasons, the Mandarin Oriental. So I'm not going to work with these properties and then go and work with a courtyard. We keep it within the same segment and that is strategic. But what I think also has really allowed us to bring on these properties and, and have long-term partnerships with them, which has always been very important to me, is that we, do, we don't take on more than we can handle. And, you know, when I first started back in 2016, 2017, I was only taking on enough work that I knew I could deliver. And because I believe strongly that, you know, we have one chance and opportunity to prove our level of service or, you know, to leave a good impression. And so for me, it wasn't about um, the quantity. It was really the quality of work that we were doing and that we were really able to deliver to our clients. And then this allowed us to earn the reputation and the trust, which and then in return grew to referrals and repeat business. So I think um, a mistake that some entrepreneurs do is they take on every job because, mm -hmm. you know, Sometimes we come from a place of scarcity and we're scared if we don't take it, that it might not come again. But whereas, you know, with me, I was very um, thoughtful about what jobs I was going to take. Do they align with our brand, with our company uh, ethos, with the current clients that we're working with? And can we really deliver on this position? And can we deliver it with quality and um, time efficiency, um, et cetera? So these were all considerations that I, I put in. Today, we're fortunate where we take on a lot more than we used to. And that's because we have the capacity and the team to deliver so. And um, and this all was really a ripple effect from the earlier years where maybe, uh, you know, we had 10 or 20 positions at a time. And now we're looking at between 50 to 70 positions at a time. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like you took the time to grow. Yes. And I think it's very important because today's, as I said earlier, you know, we are in a fast-paced environment where it's about going on the go, on the go, on the go, and achieving more and more and more and growing, growing, growing. And especially I feel like social media has glamorized, you know, the the what entrepreneurship looks like when actually when you are a real entrepreneur, you know that this is not that glamorous at the beginning. Um but I feel like despite all what we hear and all the trends in our society, you were in your bubble and you decided to focus and took the time to grow. So you did it well. Maybe you could have achieved what you have achieved within six years, maybe in three years, but that wouldn't have been the same level of quality. Yes, that I agree 100%. Um, also, there did become a point where I had to decide um, how big do I want to become? Is it just always going to be me? And, you know, it was still a viable business, but it was really just me. Or do I want to scale? And when I considered, okay, well, what does it take to scale? Because at that point, we had built a reputation to um, in the industry, in our niche, in our market, which was Caribbean and luxury uh, hospitality. But it was almost got to the point where I'm turning down jobs now, uh, which mm -hmm. I also didn't want to do. So that's when I started building my team. And that was a big risk. I think that many entrepreneurs kind of get to this crossroads and, and what do you do now? So I did uh, invest in um, tools, processes, systems, and, you know, a strong team. And that all um, turned out to be a really great decision, but it was, you know, scary at first for sure because um, now you're responsible for other people and, and you never want to take, uh, take on more than you can chew. And, and you want to ensure that, you know, you mm -hmm. have a healthy pipeline to keep these people employed as well, which is uh, very important for me. Exactly. A healthy pipeline. I think this is key. This is really the key here, a healthy pipeline. So I have a couple of questions here, uh, actually, from our friend Robert, who, who asked. So it's uh, a little bit out, for, out of curiosity, I would say, what is the most luxurious uh, amenity you have seen in your field? Um, great question. And I just so happen to be staying at the Equinox Hotel in New York City right now. And I'm blown away by the property. It's the first ever Equinox Hotel. Uh, and Equinox is uh, traditionally um, a fitness studio. So this property here, what I thought was really unique is they actually provide you with fitness clothes. Um, so if you forget your gym clothes, they provide it to you, which is incredible. They have, ev they've thought of everything. When you look in their, um, amenities drawers, they have every supplement you can think of. It's very much geared towards, um, um, health, of course. So supplements, proteins, um, every beauty spa, like face masks in here, all within the comfort of your own hotel room. And then to go beyond that, um, they actually provide an option to take a helicopter from the airport in New York, um, which gives the guests the experience of having that tour of New York. If you've never uh, been in a helicopter and you know New York City is obviously known for their high rise buildings and it's quite an experience. I had never been in a helicopter before, so we did do this. This was yesterday. We landed in New York, and then from New York to Manhattan, uh, we took a helicopter. It was five minutes, and we got a tour uh, you know, from a helicopter, which was incredible, and then a driver picks you up. So, I mean, that's the most recent um, luxury 
experience I can think of because it happened less yes. than 24 <laughs> hours ago, uh, literally. But um, I think, but I think luxury is is really changing today. It's um, you know, there's a lot of contactless um, experiences now as well that hotels are providing. Uh, you don't have to traditionally wait anymore at a front desk to check in. Someone will meet you in the lobby, give you a tour. And, you know, that experience could be luxury as well, because now, you know, you're getting that firsthand tour from someone who works at the property. Um, there's so many different things now that, that um hotels are doing. And it really depends on what they're rooted in, what their ethos are. If it's um, around wellness and, you know, farm to table, they might have uh, their own garden on property and growing their own herbs. And and for someone who really, um, really values that, that would be luxurious to them. Now, I love the spa and fitness. So for me, it's like how, what are your amenities in the spa? Um, what are your services? You know, that's that I thought was pretty cool. So I hope that answers your question, Robert. Oh, he does. He said, wait, new clothes and, and, and a helicopter ride like heck. Yes, yes, exactly. And he has a follow-up question. But before going to his follow-up question, here I can make the parallel and I can see the parallel with, uh, you know, being a business owner, being an entrepreneur or, you know, building your career as an individual here. When you look at the luxury industry, what makes it luxurious it's not the price point, it's the experience, right? Absolutely. And how do we yeah. go above and beyond anything else so your experience is unique and so you feel special? And I feel like we can clearly duplicate this model into what we do. So maybe not, you know, paying an helicopter tour for your clients, but, you know, like ensuring that the experience that you offer to your client makes them feel special. And I strongly believe this is how you build the reputation of excellence when you go above and beyond what is expected. The same way when building a career, if you are not interested in, in entrepreneurship, you know, how do you position yourself and how do, do you deliver your work in a way that is creating experiences that the people around you feel, oh, wow, I appreciate, I love working with this person. So there is a lot of parallel that I can see here between the luxury uh, market and industry and what we can dupl duplicate at our level, right, to ensure that we build a reputation of excellence. Yes. And I have a great example. When I first started uh, working, my first corporate job was at KPMG, one of the you know top four and um, I was only an HR operations administrator, so it was a very junior position right out of school. And one of the ways that I demonstrated that I wanted to grow my career, this is long before I was an entrepreneur, was they had what was called KPMG University. So this was free for any employee to take. There was a multitude of courses you can take on um you know, any really topic and showing that uh, registering for these courses and showing the initiative would position you in a way that differentiates you between some of your peers, because it shows that you're invested, that you're curious, you want to learn, you want to grow. Mm -hmm. And these are really simple, easy ways that um, don't only benefit you in the sense that you may get a promotion or be recognized earlier than someone else, but it you're learning. And I think that's what's um, also kept this business growing as an entrepreneur is that I'm continuously learning and investing in myself, um, whether that's through reading books or um, we do a lot of conferences. We recently just came back from a conference in Cartagena, Colombia. We were just there a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
And these conferences are not free. Um, you know, you're there with decision makers, with very senior hospitality professionals. Uh, but I've always made the executive decision to go to two or three per year uh, to show these industry leaders that I am invested in this industry. I am here to learn the new trends, um, learn what are the challenges so I can be staying, you know, ahead of the curve as well and be positioning our business as uh, a leading hospitality recruitment partner. Also, mm -hmm. we don't even like to say clients because uh, we want to work in partnership and every uh, relationship that we engage in on the client side, uh, we consider a partnership and we hope to have as a long-term engagement, which all comes back to providing that, you know, high level service. Uh, so they are wanting to use our services again. Mm -hmm. Excellent. We have a question here from uh, Catherine uh, De Leon, who asked, how do you maintain emotional intelligence with candidate and partners, let's say client partners? Yeah, great question. Uh, Catherine's actually on our team and, and she is uh, an incredible uh, recruiter on the team. She specializes in culinary. Uh, so what we do is we treat everyone as humans, even if they are, you know, um, on the client side or the candidate side, uh, we try and find ways to connect with our candidates and clients so it doesn't feel so transactional. Um, and we do this by getting on video calls similar to this. I mean, putting a face to a name, having... Uh, you know, the eye contact, even if it's not in person, just goes so far, sharing smiles, asking our um, candidates about their career trajectory and, and really being curious about them uh, brings out their um, their vulnerability as well to share that with us. And then that creates this long lasting mm -hmm. relationship where maybe the position we have for you right now isn't the right one due to uh, either the location or you have children and the education uh, isn't that great in the location that we're currently recruiting for. But because we've built a relationship that was uh, more than just transactional, this person will come back to us in a year or two when they are ready to explore an opportunity that may be the right fit for them then. So, uh, and this happens a lot. I mean, we have placed same candidates more than once. You know, we've placed them somewhere. They've worked for two or three years. Now they're ready to explore another opportunity. They come back to us. And they do this because uh, we care. And, and you know, it's, it's one of our core values as well is that we, we care about people. We care about our clients uh, and we care about our uh, candidates. Yeah, you know, like caring. Caring is, is the essential. And I feel like, again, this is a notion that is... Uh, uh, overlooked too many times, unfortunately, but caring, genuinely caring about people, the people you work with, the people you partner with, and the people you serve, it is very important because at the end of the day, you know, if we are going outside of out of business for one reason of, you know, if you are losing a partner for another reason, but you keep the relationship and that can open up to even better opportunities, right? So, Emotional intelligence and keeping those relationships close uh, is, is very important. We have more questions in the in the chat, but by a lack of time, we won't be able to address it during the conversation, but we will ensure that we respond to all the questions uh, in the comment directly. One last question that I would like to ask you, Danelia, is um, what is the mark you would like to leave behind? The mark I would love to leave behind, I think for me, is just um, 
being really someone who can inspire to, um, who I aspire to inspire people really is what I do, especially women. I mean, our team is, is all women and I'm all about women empowerment. I mean, I, of course I, I'm not biased. I love men, men as well. I'm married, you know, uh, my brothers, I, my father's great, but for me, it's, um, really giving women, an example um, of someone who really I've, I've come from a very humble beginning. I, I don't have an MBA or a PhD, but I believe that if you want something and you want it and you work hard enough, you can achieve it. And it, uh, things don't happen overnight. But if I can be used as, you know, an example to inspire either my team or my peers or my network, um, you know, I think that's really important to me and to just come from a place of uh, integrity and honesty and that you can have a really fun life, you know, like um, just have fun and, and love what you do. I don't think anyone should do anything that they, they don't love. There are other options out there. And, and uh, yeah, if I can leave something behind is, is just uh, to lead with love and, and to do what you enjoy doing. Yes. And, and, and thank you for sharing your story on the Stand Up From The Crowd podcast. This podcast was also created, you know, to give a voice to, uh, women's stories, right? So we can inspire more women and the youngest women to, to step up for themselves and, you know, become the leaders they were meant to be. So thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, a little bit of who you are with us today, uh, Daniela. This is well appreciated. For those of you watching the live, the replay or listening to us, uh, I will uh, see you next week for another episode of Stand Out from the Crowd. You take care. You stay safe. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.